take the usual podcast hosting companies and you'll stay in expensive wonderland. Take the podcast of Matrix hosting and you'll experience a completely different world of whole podcast library hosting. Choose wisely at podcastmatrix.com. That's podcastmatrix.com. The sound of the voice on the other end of a 911 call is almost always delivered frantically. The needs of the caller on the other end of a 911 call are ones that need to be met immediately. The services sent to a caller during a 911 call are always delivered efficiently. The stories, perspectives, and details created by these calls over more than 20 years are life lessons and legacies for everyone involved, including me. The records are archived for all time, like this podcast, digitally. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa. This is Digitally Dispatched. Most days you head into work, you put your headset on, and you start taking calls. Some are 911 emergencies, some are not, or you are dispatching police to calls of service. Again, sometimes they're emergencies and sometimes they're not. And then you go home, sleep, and you come back and do it all over again the next day. But what happens when the dispatcher comes home and things have gone sideways? And now they have to call 911 because they have an emergency. I will discuss just that in this episode and share a dispatcher story from the other side. The call begins. 911, where is your emergency? Address is given and verified. Do you need fire, police, or EMS? Hey, I'm a dispatcher and I work for, and she fills in the agency she worked for, I need both police and EMS for a suicide attempt. He is still breathing, but he's not responding to me. There are no weapons in the house. He took an overdose of a prescription medication. I'm not sure what kind yet. The call was transferred to the EMS dispatch team. 911, location of your emergency. Again, the address was given twice and then provided her callback number. Just a side note, as a dispatcher, I know that whenever I transfer calls over to the EMS department or the EMS dispatchers, they're going to ask the address twice. It's what they always do. So this dispatcher also knew that same line of questioning because she's been doing the job as well. Caller explained again who she was and what had happened. Both police and EMS dispatchers advised that help was on the way. The EMS dispatcher asked what the victim had taken and was told that he had taken his blood pressure medication and that he had taken the whole bottle. And she guessed approximately 29 pills. And when asked why she thought it was about 29 pills, she explained that he had just gotten the prescription filled the day before and had taken one then, which left the rest of the bottle. And it was a prescription for a month's supply. In addition to the blood pressure pills, He had apparently also planned to take a prescribed bottle of pain pills, but she was able to get those away from him, and she went on to explain that before all of this, he had drank a significant amount of alcohol. Shortly after she explained what was going on, the police arrived on scene. Know what happened next? I'll be more than happy to tell you on the other side of the break. This will give you the opportunity to hear from my sponsors and see how they can help you. There's a lot more 
to share on the other side of the break. So meet me back on scene. I am Lisa, and you are being digitally dispatched. It doesn't always come fast, but it's always free. Join Officer Tommy Model and learn more about vital building blocks when it comes to security and law enforcement during the Free Field Training Podcast. FreeFieldTrainingPodcast.com. That's FreeFieldTrainingPodcast.com. Do you like what you're hearing during the Digitally Dispatched podcast? Let's have a conversation about how you can help us grow. Visit my website at digitallydispatched.com and let's find a way to get your organization, business, or effort to benefit from my focused and engaged audience. Let me help you grow your digital footprint and foster educational content on the internet. Open a channel now at digitallydispatched.com. That's digitallydispatched.com. The one question each podcaster should be asking themselves is, why am I still editing my own podcast? Mike Wilkerson from the Two Guys Talking Podcast here. I've podcasted and edited for over a decade, and I know what an hour and a half podcast turns into when you get in front of the editing stack. Let me tell you, it's not an hour and a half. It's closer to probably double that time. Are you ready to hand off the time you're wasting editing your own podcast? Looking for a cost-effective solution that doesn't break the bank but gives you super experienced quality podcasting back to you in a short period of time? Be sure to check out The Editor Core. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore. I'm back from break and I'm ready to get back to share more details on this call. The call continues. An officer arrived on scene. He made sure to check the victim to make sure he was breathing. And since he was, he was able to start questioning our caller to get some more details on what had happened. The caller remained very calm in handling the whole situation. The officer asked questions of our caller. She explained the whole situation, showed him the bottle of pills that he had taken. She was concerned because he had also drank a significant amount of alcohol, and she shared this with the officer as well. It was fairly quickly that the medics and fire arrived on scene. Medics checked all of his vitals. He was breathing, pulse, temperature, everything was taken, and he was starting to come around where he was responding a little bit better to their questions. The pill bottle was handed to them, and they were told that he had taken all of them. When asked, she explained that he had only taken one the day before and took the rest of the month's supply tonight. And he did that on top of a whole lot of alcohol. They asked, do you think he was trying to kill himself? Simply stated, yes. This was not the first time he had talked about suicide, but this was the first attempt she had witnessed. EMS loaded him onto the gurney and told the caller which hospital he was going to be taken to. They also explained that being that this was a suicide attempt, he would need to be committed for a psychological evaluation. Now, if he chose to go voluntarily, all was good. But if he fought against having a psych eval done, then she could fill out what they call an affidavit. 
And that's because she had witnessed him take the pills. And for his own safety, it would be in his best interest to stay in the hospital. And she would just have to fill out the correct paperwork in order for him to be put in on an involuntary commit. The officer turned to the caller and said, now tell me exactly how this happened. And she explained, I came out to get a drink of water. And as I was walking out of the kitchen, my roommate walked in and appeared to be crying. I asked several times what was wrong. And he never flinched, didn't even look at me. Like he didn't see me or know that I was even there. She said, I thought, well, maybe he forgot to take his meds before bed and that he was going to do that because it happens sometimes. And he usually comes out for a drink of water before bed anyway. She went on. He got his water and his pills. And then I heard what sounded like he upended the whole bottle. And when I looked back at him, I saw him emptying the bottle into his mouth and taking a huge gulp of water. I yelled at him to stop and wanted to know what he had just taken. And I ran to get my phone. That's when I called 911. The officer took all the pertinent information, her name, date of birth, his name and date of birth for his report and gave her his card in case there was any questions or she needed the report for any reason. And the officer left. The resolution. 911 call made. Location given and verified. Police, EMS and fire dispatched. First responders arrive on scene. Victim taken to the hospital. Filling in the blanks. The caller responded to the hospital and found out that her roommate had dangerously low blood pressure, was semi-conscious, and still breathing. Thankfully, because he was brought in so quickly, they were able to pump his stomach and give him IV fluids. The victim had already agreed to be voluntarily committed so no affidavit had to be filled out at the hospital, and he would have to stay there for at least 72 hours. After he came home, he told his roommate that he had no recollection of anything that had happened that night, and all that he could remember was waking up in the ER with people asking if he knew where he was. What the caller did right. This caller, being a dispatcher, did everything right. She was able to put on her dispatcher hat and anticipated all the questions that were going to be asked so that she could get help to her home as quickly as possible. Another thing she did right was that she put all the cards on the table. And what I mean by that is she was very honest with how much alcohol he had consumed, how many pills he had taken, and that this was not the first time something like this has happened. The reason that this is so important is because many times I have heard callers make excuses for their loved ones because they don't want them to be judged. They don't want anybody to think less of them or their loved ones. The more honest a caller is with the first responders, the better care they're going to receive. Giving them the whole picture with the fact that he had drank a lot of alcohol prior to taking the pills gives the first responders and later ER personnel a heads up that the reaction to the overdose may have been amplified by his intoxication level. What I learned as a dispatcher. I have learned that just because I'm a dispatcher, I'm not immune to emergency situations outside of work. The very best thing I can do when and if something happens is to stay calm, remember my training, put on my dispatcher cap, and give first responders 
the whole picture of what's going on. I carry with me that because of how this dispatcher handled this call, she saved her roommate's life that night. Had she hesitated, it is possible that his suicide would have been completed. This caller taught me to always be situationally aware of everything around me so that if something does happen, I can help in getting help to others or assist the police in finding suspects in a crime that I may have been a witness to. Have you ever had to describe what you've witnessed to an officer? How did that go? What kind of details were you able to give to the police? Head over to my website at digitallydispatch.com, fill out the quick web form, and tell me what you think. Bonus note for this episode. Since we're talking about descriptions, I want to link you over to my friend Officer Tommy's YouTube channel. He's got an episode focusing on how to give great descriptions that you'll learn a lot from. The name of his program is Free Field Training, and guess what? It's free! Check it out via the link in the show notes over at my website, digitallydispatch.com. Dispatcher Nuggets of Knowledge Suicide is a very scary thing. Please know that you are not alone, and there is help available to you. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline phone number is 1-800-273-8255. Let me tell you that again. 1-800-273-8255. If you are thinking about taking your own life, or you know someone who has said that they're going to kill themselves, call 911 immediately so that we can get help to them. The more information you have, the quicker we can get them help. Again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. The calls, stories, and legacies I share are dispatched digitally. The lessons learned by all, the callers, you, especially me, are a piece of my life's unfolding story that I'm proud to share and are preserved digitally. Your thoughts, ideas, and comments can be sent to me electronically at my website, digitallydispatched.com. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa, and you have been digitally dispatched. <laughs>